Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, a very good evening from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hope you're doing well. We've got a real busy show, and I'm not going to take any more time talking. I'm going to turn it right over to Chris. Okay, welcome here on this uh, first Sunday of October, October 4th, 2020, show number 112. And uh, we we do have a busy show. Um, you know, I know that on Thursday night I hear somebody say that all the time, but it's really <laughs> true this time. We've, we've got a very busy one. And uh, sports week has been kind of crazy, of course. We, we got into the baseball playoffs. We, we got into the more NFL action. College football action was a little bit crazy. But one thing we're really going to have to focus on tonight is the virus, and we're going to give that a prominent place. So let me explain how the agenda is going to work. We also had a triple crown race. So we're going to start and off. The, and the Stanley Cup is given out. So. That's right. So the agenda is that um, we are going to first have um, a report. Of, well, we're going to have Sean set us up, as he always does. Then we're going to bring Jerry in. He's ready to go. He's uh, off. He's in our green room. I think it's green. We're all colorblind. We don't know, but we think it's yeah. He's in the green room. He's going to come in. He's going to talk to us about Preakness, and we'll ask a couple questions. Then we're going to move on to a quick NASCAR update. Then we're going to talk about the NFL, but before we give the scores, we're going to go over the latest on the virus. The virus has started to affect the NFL, and so we're going to be talking about that, uh, what post- the postponement we have, the potential for and rearrangement of starting times, etc. And uh, We've got an actuality that uh, uh, Bill is going to play uh, uh, involving Cam Newton. Then we're going to do the scores. Then we're going to go to college football because we figure they kind of go together uh, this week, and we can do that, get the football done. Then we are going to go to baseball because we have our final eight in baseball. We're going to give you first, before we do that, the final standing. So you can write them down or, or record them or do whatever you want for all your teams. Then we'll go through the playoffs. And there were some interesting statistical anomalies that we found out about as the week went on, when teams had won series last and long losing streaks, etc. We'll talk about all that. Then we're going to do the uh, NHL then the NBA, and then the death. And we have a new feature that uh, Sean, I think, is going to mention in his uh, startup of the show, and then he'll tell you what the question is when the time comes. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Well, first of all, like I said, we want to thank you all for, and you can call in 646-876-9923 or any other Zoom number or download the Zoom app. So if you have another number you use for meetings, you can dial that number. It doesn't have to be, but if you don't, you can use the number I just gave you, but enter the code 287-723-4600, hit pound key twice if you're on the phone. When you get in, star nine raises your hand, and when we call on you, unmute. you'll have to unmute yourself by doing star six on your phone or however you did on the computer or the smart device, unmuting yourself whenever we call on you. 
But if you want to interact throughout the week, the Sports Lounge board for all scores, all kinds of breaking news, 712-432-3642. Board 9 is the Sports Lounge board. Board 13 is your scheduled board, and that will definitely be necessary if you want to keep up with who's playing when this week with the baseball playoff and, you know, other things, other changes that we'll talk about. Also, if you want to leave us any feedback, Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net, 800-693-0595, option two, or I also do this. This is also where I do my pro wrestling hotline, the shoot and the bleep with Sean. That's 773-572-7715. But when you hear the greeting, if you don't want to listen to all the wrestling stuff, just right away when you start hearing me start talking, hit the pound key. Do not mark the message private, and if you have any kind of feedback, leave it for us. I'll I'll get it onto our panel here, and we'll all hear what we have. You know, and, hey, we we can take it. We can take it. Believe me. But anyway, all right, we have a new feature that we're going to try out. We've been talking about interviewing each other and interviewing people, so instead of doing it all in one week, we're going to have poll questions. Now, do not answer this now. Do not answer this now. Answer it. Later on, when we get around, but you can think about it. All right. What was the first live sporting event that you remember attending? You may have been to one as a little baby or something, but chances are you don't remember. The first, your first live sporting event memory, it can, be, it can be a high school game. It can be college. It can be pro, you know, just whatever. Uh, what event did you – and think about that. Like I said, we'll have that towards the end of the show. We'll give our answers also. And – one other thing, we want to remind you, uh, please, when you call in, try and stay, uh, talk about whatever topic we're talking about at the time. You can come back and say something on two or three or four different, or every topic if you want, but let's try to keep it so we're not going back to it. Now, we may have room for that at the end. We'll see. But, you know, but anyway, that's just a few thoughts. Let's get to our correspondent from Indiana, Pennsylvania. We're going to hit it over to the Preakness, the man himself. So, Jerry, hit your star six and unmute and come and tell us about the Preakness. Okay. Well, folks, good evening. Yesterday was the 145th Preakness Stakes. Now, most of you guys, hey, they're supposed to do that in June. Of course, the pandemic messed May. that up. Yeah, to the middle of May, Jerry. Yeah, middle of May. It should have been May 16th. Right. But it was. It was yesterday. And it was an interesting race. Bob Bafford had had something like, I think, six winners yesterday. And um, it, what was interesting about it was it was a big battle between a Swiss skydiver, who was a Philly, by the way. Uh, I think the last Philly to win the Preakness, if I can remember, was a horse called Rachel Alexandra or something. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. Yep, you're right. Yep. And uh, Swiss skydiver won it. And but it was a battle between authentic started. He was she was yeah he was a Derby winner. He started off with the lead, and then they were going neck and neck for a while. And jockey Robbie Alvarado drove uh, Swiss uh, in the winner, and uh, she just he just at the far turn is when he took the lead with Swiss Skydiver, and uh, the rest was history. Okay. And so uh, number one, so number one was Swiss, Swiss skydiver. Skydiver. So then we had authentic. Yeah. 
Then we had Jesus' team, or Jesus' team. That's what I was going to ask you, Jerry, because I did not watch the coverage yesterday, and I was wondering if it was Jesus' team or Jesus' team. They said Jesus on on the TV there. All right. Okay. So there were were only about, I heard, because I read an article in the Globe today about it, there was about 250 fans, right? Family yep. and friends and uh, you yeah, know trainers, people, and employees, whatever, yep. and uh, and uh, so forth. So, anything else notable about the race? I think it got over earlier than it usually did, right? They ran. Yeah, it was over a clock. It went off about five forty-two or something yeah, like that. A little more like it used to be, but you know they're not trying to lead up into hockey games and other things, and that's what they've been doing other years. So that's why I was running later other times. So they were kind of done with their sports coverage probably at that point. So anything else that was notable about the uh, Preakness or uh, the other uh, whole Triple Crown actually? that you're our triple crown reporter. No, I just I, I just really enjoyed it. I ju- enjoyed all three races this year, and it was strange without fans, but you could really hear the horses. <laughs> and, and, you know, they were interviewing the winning jockey, mm-hmm. and you could hear the horses. That. <laughs> yeah. well, the, the, cool. next bi- the next big event in horse racing will be the Breeders' Cup on <laughs> November 7th. Oh, is that one that is? They said yeah. it was about a month from now. Yeah, That's right. Usually yeah. the first November. Saturday in November or the November second Saturday. November 7th, so, yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's fine. Get a report on that if everything goes well. The Breeders' Cup Classic anyway. Now, uh, isn't yeah. that a pretty international competition, the Breeders' Cup? So might we have uh, some issues with getting the horses over here and so forth? I don't know what's going to happen. Any horse that won over the weekend at Pimlico qualified for the Breeders' Cup. I might conclude at the Phillies on Friday and okay. – uh, and also, the um, Breeders' Cup uh, is on uh, is on what network? It's on NBC. Or what uh, what is the tra- what track this year? I, I I'm not Keen sure. Ones, uh, I forget where the other one is. Uh, I forget really what track is going to be. I forget what track it's going to be this year because okay. la- last year it was at Santa Anita, and of course Santa Anita had all kinds of yep. issues with horses yep. dying and whatnot. But I'm, I'm not sure where the Breeders' Cup is going to be this year. Okay, well we'll we'll find out. But we'll, anyway, we'll figure yeah. it out as we go. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Jerry. Good job. And uh, we will talk to you later. Okay. And hang around if you want to talk about, you know, so we're doing by topic. So after the football, if we finish uh, the pro football, you can, if you have a, a comment or after we finish the baseball, whenever, those kinds of things. That's how we're doing it. Yep. So right? just, put, just put your hand up if you want to talk about anything else. Yep. Okay. By the, by the way, uh, I did promise that we would talk about how to listen to NFL games and Bill will do that and he, we, he will do that for us after we get through the scores. So if that's what you want to know about, stay around and Bill Bill will help you after the scores. So now, Robert, yeah. you wanted to tell us a little about NASCAR before uh, we get going. Yeah, the, the NASCAR NFL. race was in Talladega, Alabama today and they had several wrecks that took a while to, to complete. But Denny Hamlin uh, was the one that won the race and of course him and Kevin Harvick are the two major contenders for the NASCAR championship this year because the two of them have won most of the races, so uh, it was very important for uh, Denny Hamlin to win uh, today's race. Okay, so I think probably for the virus reporting, I think we should turn to Sean. He's done most of it. We've all been paying attention. If we have any questions or comments, we'll all throw them in, but Sean, why don't you uh, get us going with uh, where we stand with with all these virus uh, things, and also in this segment, we will have Bill play our Cam Newton actuality that we have. Okay, well, first of all, the virus, it started out where we had some Tennessee Titans originally uh, testing, and now we're up to nine players and 11 staff members, and they believe it was from an assistant coach that brought it in last weekend. So back early in the week, Tennessee shut down their facility until yesterday, 
and then and I think it's still shut down now because they're testing. It more. is. It's still, it's still shut down. And Minnesota had to shut their facility down for a couple days. Minnesota had no positive tests. So there that's may again be a good sign to, that it wasn't transmitted on the field. That's a good yeah, sign. Yeah, that there may be something to that that they can look into. So we were going along with that. So Tennessee Pittsburgh was of course, originally going to be played tomorrow or Tuesday today. because they got more tests. Oh, oh well, they, oh, I, uh, I see during the week. Yeah, okay. It was yeah. going to be today at then, one o'clock, but yeah, All yeah, right. but no, originally, yeah, originally they had postponed it. Yeah. But now what they did, Tennessee's bye week is week seven. Baltimore Pittsburgh had bye weeks on. You know, they were able to flip, flop stuff around. So Tennessee-Pittsburgh will play on week seven, hopefully. Baltimore-Pittsburgh will play on week, week eight. eight that was, yeah, they will play week yeah. eight. But if things keep happening, could, the Tennessee-Buffalo game next week could be in jeopardy. But that was Tennessee. They were kind of like the Cardinals, the Marlins. Right now they have NFL. nine uh, players and eight staff members, correct? Nine, 11, 11, 11. 11 players? No, no 11. nine players, nine players and 11 staff members. Okay. All right. right. And then we come to Friday night. It came out in the middle of the night, uh, late Friday night, that Cam Newton tested positive. Uh, and then Saturday morning. So they were, Kansas City, New England were originally supposed to be the game today. Uh, so they moved that to tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. It will still be the national CBS game. And that means that's assuming that's assuming there are no more positive tests. Yeah, no, right. that's assuming. And so far, nobody else on New England has tested positive. Also, there was a practice squad player for Kansas City tested positive. Nobody in Kansas City had tested positive. The Patriots are scheduled to fly out tomorrow morning on their jet. Uh, they're going to you know fly into Kansas City and play the game. So as of right now, it looks that's the status on well i got a i got a report this afternoon Sean that uh, new england has already flown to kansas city they just took two airplanes Oh, okay. well, I had heard originally this morning Peter Schrager and Jay Glazer were saying that it was going to be in that they're so going to fly at in the some morning. point, probably Monday tomorrow morning. They will do a test of the Patriots and the Chiefs again, and that'll be the official last test, like they do on a Sunday when everybody gets to the park on a stadium on a Sunday. They do a test yeah. uh, pregame, so they may do it uh, yeah. in, in the morning and just get it done and uh, do their you know pra- their uh, meetings and whatever they're going to do, and then just play. Yeah, assuming it's no worse, or if you remember, you could have two or three players and still play. You can't have a situation where the whole offensive line is out or you don't have any receivers. But if you have a, a tight end and a defensive back, you may still be able to play. Uh, you know, yeah. they're not going to be that strict on it because they did now, now, after that, already say that. After now, that, Chris, New who Orleans. is oh, – hold on just a second, Charlotte. Let's go stay with the Patriots till we get them done. Right. Who is the quarterback now for the Patriots? Matt, uh, uh, Brian Hoyer will be the quarterback. So, you know, you don't get to see Sidham yet. Um, remember that Hoyer had become the number two quarterback. I think Sidham had an injury in camp and Hoyer yeah. was doing a little better. So Hoyer is going to give it a try. Now, he's never started for the Patriots or played any meaningful minutes for the Patriots. He has uh, obviously played for the Browns and some other teams, but he has not played for the Patriots. So whether uh, he can... Uh, you know, uh, get coached up to be ready to do this or, or what, but it's a, a tall order against Kansas City. So we'll see how they do. But so that's, and, and then the Green Bay game. Has well, while, moved. before we get to the Green Bay game, let's stay with the Patriots. This would okay. be the good time, Bill, to play the Cam Newton yes. thing while we're still on the Patriots. Okay, fine. Yeah. 
Breaking news here on CBS Sports HQ. Patriots star quarterback Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID-19, ruled out for Sunday's game against the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. ESPN reported the QB received a positive test result and will not play on Sunday against the Chiefs. So now you look at either Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham as the backup when they face the Chiefs. And uh, Cam Newton uh, has been off to a great start. Four rushing touchdowns leading the Patriots to a 2-1 season thus far. Uh, certainly a big hole to fill with Cam Newton out for Sunday's game. Again, testing positive for COVID-19. Morales, welcome in CBS Sports HQ. Senior NFL analyst Pete Prisco has been covering the NFL for more than three decades. Uh, Pete, what more can you tell us about this situation? Cam Newton testing positive for COVID-19 and how that impacts the Patriots. Well, not, not just the Patriots. It impacts the NFL. Uh, you know, so far there haven't been any uh, spread. That's what they say. And we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, what do they do going forward? Your starting quarterback is out for a game. Or is this just another scenario that they had to be prepared for? And I think it's more of the latter. Look, nobody wants to see a quarterback get hurt, get sick, particularly a starting quarterback in a big game. But these things are going to happen. The NFL has to prepare as if players are going to test positive and miss games. Now, the idea is to limit the spread, and I think they're trying to do that right now. Uh, but for now, this is a big hit to the Patriots. They've been playing good football. Cam Newton's been playing good football. And you have an enormous game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, we certainly hope that uh, he feels better, uh, Cam Newton. How do they prepare now uh, a game plan for the Chiefs without Cam Newton knowing that, hey, they're going to run the football now? They have to go in a different direction. Yeah, and that's tough because he, he probably got all the snaps with the first team in practice this week. So it's a, it's a big adjustment. But, uh, you know, again, I go back to what I said earlier. When, when they came up with this plan, the idea was to have guys ready to go if these type of situations happened. And we're seeing them start to happen now. They've made it a month. It's been this is week four. Uh, and this is the first week where it started to impact players. And so you got to be prepared for it. NFL teams and coaches are usually prepared for most of this stuff. But this is a, a whole different uh, situation we're dealing with this year. Even so, I think you push forward, you play. It's just like when a guy gets hurt, you have to play on. Uh, and I think we're seeing a ton of injuries around the league and teams are being forced to play on. And now we're going to see these positive tests pop up every now and then, hopefully. And it's not one of those things where it happens on a consistent basis. Who do you expect to see under center on Sunday? Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham? You know, that's a real tough call, Hakeem, because the reason it's a tough call is because you can never predict Belichick. It's tough to predict Belichick. I would think that, you know, Stidham would be the guy that was talked that he was going to be the starting quarterback if they didn't sign Cam Newton. But again, you know, it's a, such a weird situation, a weird dynamic that you might end up going to the veteran. I'd start Stidham. I'd let him be my guy. I mean, again, you got to find out if he could be a long-term answer anyways. So I would play Stidham. I would guess that's where they're where they will go. But again, you never know with Bill Belichick. You might decide, hey, I got a veteran. He hasn't practiced, but he's a veteran. He'll understand the situation better. All right, again, the breaking news. Cam Newt has tested positive for COVID-19. He will not play Sunday when the Patriots visit the Chiefs uh, 425 Eastern time on CBS. Pete Prisco uh, with reaction here on CBS Sports HQ. Pete, thank you. 
Okay. Um, so and, just as, and just as a reminder, that was probably before that post-COVID occurred. So now that is, remember, now that game will be tomorrow at 7 p.m. and it will be on CBS. Now that after right. that game, we know that we have our regular Monday night game on ESPN, that being the Falcons and the Packers. And that's been pushed yeah, back to 8.50 because yeah, there's yeah, the, 35 minutes. 35 minutes, so uh, they can sort of dovetail a little bit. Also, there is no word up here, to my knowledge, of anything that Cam Newton did wrong. We, we don't know yet. Something may come out. You know, these things have a way of doing it, especially everybody's got iPhones and this and that. But, you know, people, uh, it doesn't, if you get the virus, it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. And we're not going to get political. Yeah. Some people do and they get it. But we we're you know, it doesn't mean, you know, medical personnel get it. Now, of course, they're totally uh, exposed to it all the time, but they're wearing the best equipment there is and they still get it. So it doesn't mean Newton did anything wrong. doesn't mean he didn't. We don't know anything about that yet. That's correct. Yeah. We and don't there, know. Was a, there was also a false positive, a New Orleans fullback, Mike Burton. Uh, there was a false positive. They retested him. They tested negative. Yeah. And if a player, this is part of the protocol that's come out that we've learned a little more. If a player has a positive and they're asymptomatic, they have to have two negatives, two negative tests before they're allowed back in. And one question we were wondering about the bye weeks, how they're going to handle this. This is kind of interesting. Uh, you are not allowed to leave the, your team's city. So no, no Tony Romo and the gang going down, Jessica Simpson going to Mexico or anything, which they can't really do that anyway. But, you know, none of that. No, no leaving your team's city. You get tested every day during your bye week. If you have an unauthorized uh, missing of a test, if you miss it unauthorized, you have to have five negative tests before you can come back, and there will be other penalties put out by the league. And, now, also, uh, and also the uh, the Raiders have been fined for the second consecutive week for violating the protocol. And one of the penalties the commissioner is thinking about doing when he meets with the GMs is if there's any more violations, uh, people are going to start losing draft choices. What was it that the Raiders did? Do you know? Uh, they allowed unauthorized personnel into their locker room. Okay. Yeah. And what was it you were saying about the meeting that uh, he's there is going to be a, a meeting and I, they probably do these each week. Baseball did them each week and, and the commissioner is going to meet with the GMs tomorrow and uh, Manfred for baseball did this on Mondays and this is a Monday tomorrow and he's going to tell them we want to finish the season badly, but it's up to you guys to go by the protocols. So let, let's hope that this uh, kind of stops. But, you know, just on a, to, to put on my reporter cap here just for a second, the, the virus is, again, you know, starting to pick up where it was in the Northeast and places like that. So um, let's hope that, that this doesn't continue to happen. Yeah, yep. and the NFL is also prepared, as you were saying, you know, and I said they need to do this. They're prepared to move stuff back if they need a week 18 or whatever. So They are. Yeah, I, I've heard various reports throughout the day that um, if they have any more issues, they're willing to add a week 18, and they're also willing to push the Super Bowl back if necessary. Right, and the thing is that – you know, we don't, and we don't announce these things in our groups uh, lightly because sometimes we've gotten ahead of the curve on these things. Uh, we, we need to wait. Probably nothing will be decided, let's say, about Tennessee and Buffalo. There's Buffalo's supposed to go to Tennessee next week. Probably nothing will be decided about that till Tuesday or Wednesday. And if they can work out the bye week, they'll do it again. But it gets, you really can only probably do that with each team one if you're lucky. Now, Tennessee, 
And she lost their bye week because they're playing. Well, they didn't. This is their bye week. Pittsburgh and Tennessee are having their bye week now. They weren't going to. So they're going to have to play the rest of the season without a bye week. But, you know, and they moved the bye weeks around, as we explained earlier. But you're going to, there's only so much you can do with that. That doesn't work for everything. And so the uh, the thing is, you may say, okay, first game in the extra week. And that would be like uh, the week around January 10th, because I looked the last uh, Sunday, January 3rd. uh, That week would be a Tennessee Buffalo game, perhaps. And then from then on, they may just take them and say, okay, these will be, there's game two, there's game three, and we'll get a schedule together for, for January 10th of, of the games that will be uh, held, you know, but we, we don't know that yet. And they'll, they'll do that. It's a domino theory of sport. You have to take one thing at a time. How many positives? I mean, it looked like maybe the Patriots and Chiefs wouldn't be able to play. Now it's looking like they will. But if uh, there's six Patriots or seven Chiefs that are positive tomorrow, then they may not play. So every day is a new day, and you have to look, you know, uh, wait until that day dawns to find out what happens. Speaking of dawning, though, we are just about at the bottom of the hour. So before we get our scores, why don't we go ahead, Bill, and take our bottom of the hour break. Then we'll come back. We'll get into the scores and the the listening to games and that kind of stuff when we come back. All right. Give me just one second here. I will certainly do that. I'm going from one. <laughs> One window to the other. There we go. I will, sir. I will. I will talk. Don't break any glass. Are some of the internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard—that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And I am now over in my window to where I have to get the scores. You know, you know what that was. I just wanted to go and, and grab a drink of pop over here before I had to go do scores. <laughs> but that's what that really was. But no, we were at the bottom of the hour anyway. Right. No. Nope. And you know, while we're giving the scores um, and the schedule, just as a reminder, just as a reminder, hold on, so just a reminder, folks. If you raise your hand during the scores, I will get to you after we finish the scores. So just just for your knowledge. Now, Sean's going to give you the number. Okay, yes, you can call in 646-876-9923, enter code 
4,600 hit town key twice, then come on in. And, and these calls would be about the NFL that we would accept. Yeah, yes. NFL. And, and Bill, Bill if, you could help with, if you could help me with the waiting room, that would I got you, buddy. I got okay. you. All right. <laughs> Here we go, Perry. Here we go. On Thursday night, Broncos 37, Jets 28. The Jets had the lead in this game up until like early to middle of the fourth quarter. I did not uh, see uh, listen to any of this game. I was doing uh, my Padres with Ted Leitner, so I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't either. I didn't either, Chris. But I was I was getting updates on the iPhone. But yes, what I know I is that Brent Rippon, who is the nephew of Mark Rippon, who played for the Redskins and uh, led them to the Super Bowl and what Super Bowl Forty One. Uh, anyway, he was the quarterback, and I was surprised because I didn't even know uh, anything about him. But he did, had quite a game. Now Jeff Driscoll had been, you know, he was a journeyman. He was with the Lions and this and that, and had done a whole lot and he's the one they brought in but you know this this mark Rippon came off the bench and did a good job and we brett know Rippen. that um a lock brett, is going to be out four Chris, or five brett brett brett, brett, brett or brett yeah, not mark, mark. oh i not said mark. mark okay brett yes brett um and so what happened when when uh lock is going to be out three or four more weeks so we may have a little controversy in denver if uh, he continues to play well when lock comes back because lock was playing well so we'll see he how that works was today we did have some good early games though Bengals 33, Jaguars 25. Now, uh, I heard a little of that game, but it sounds like Joe Burrow over 300 yards passing again. Yeah, no, Joe Burrow Burrow had a very good game today. He had a good game, and so did um, uh, Mickens. He did very well. Go go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead, Bill. Three straight games for Joe Burrow's of over 300 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a new NFL record for somebody starting a career, by the way. Uh, First three games over 300 yards, and that was matched by the Chargers quarterback today also. So that's the first win for the Bengals, and the Jaguars are headed uh, in the direction we kind of thought they'd be headed. They are. Uh, Browns 49, Cowboys 38. (laughs) This was, guys, this was a 41 to 14 game. Right. Going yes. to the fourth quarter, and um, the Browns are now three and one. But I was listening to this game on uh, Compass Media, and our we got that in our local market, and it was Kevin Ray and Danny White doing the game. And uh, Danny White was not too amused with the Cowboys. He said no. the only concern he has with the Browns, though, is they've really not played anybody yet. So apparently, he doesn't think too highly of this Dallas team. No, well, Dallas's defense, and the right at the end of the game, I heard the end of it with the Cowboys and uh, uh, Brad Sham and Babe Lothenberg were saying, hey, folks, this is the defense we got. They had mentioned two or three injuries. They said these guys aren't going to be back for three or four weeks, so this is it, and they're going to have to work on this or it's not going to work out. And uh, Dak Prescott had over 500 yards today, but you know, when you have no defense, and it looks like Dallas does not for right now. Uh, and the big, it's gonna, gonna be the big play of the game was when it got to be 41 to 38, and they ran a reverse at midfield and gave it to OJB, OBJ, OJB, Beckham Jr. and he ran it in. That wasn't expected at all. You you try to run a couple of minutes off the clock, make them use their timeouts, whatever. They just went for it right then, and that really turned the game because it started to look like the Atlanta deal all over again, where the Cowboys were back, able to come back and win it. But uh, that that was the big play of the game. Remember though, too, this is not new for Mike McCarthy. He he was not known for having great defenses nope. in Green Bay. No, he either. wasn't. So no. 
Saints okay. 35, Lions 29. The Lions got off to a fast start, but the yeah. Saints came back on them. If there had been people in the seats, they wouldn't have been warm when the Lions took the 14 to nothing no. lead after about three minutes or so. But they're the Lions. And I even said, and I was sending a message to somebody who's not a sports fan, but who does follow the Lions a little bit. And I said, but these are the Lions. So I wouldn't get too excited about it. And uh, back came the Saints. And uh, they had a good good day. And, uh, you know, the Lions are just, they went into Arizona. and But how good is Arizona? We'll get to them in a minute. But, you know, the thing is, uh, they did get a win, but then they come back home and they, you know, any, it's just not good for, um, you know, for the, uh, for Matt Patricia and the no. coaching staff. No. Seahawks 31, Dolphins 23. That was an actually not a bad game. The Dolphins played reasonably well today. The problem with the Dolphins was that they kept moving it down the field and down the field and down the field and, and kick five field goals. Yep. And they were not able to get it in the end zone, and the, the Seahawks were because Russell Wilson does that, finds a way, and again, the leader right now for the MVP. So it was one of those things where the Seahawks did enough and uh, you know had to come east uh, as all these teams, both the, you know, they're, they're all playing the east and the west, they're all playing each other, so they're all flying back and forth across the country, which, as we've said, is a disadvantage to the western teams coming east. But the point is that uh, the Dolphins – if they could have figured out a way to get it in the end zone, end zone a little bit more, uh, they might have won the game. Yep. Really, if they could have gotten it in the end zone one more time, you know, they could have hit a two-pointer and been right there. That's right. But uh, and you know, and this is Seattle's third trip, uh, actually, the second second trip east in four games. You know, and they have three, uh, and they have three more trips scheduled. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta, all the, co- all Atlanta, the coastal teams Miami. are flying all over the place yeah. this year. Yeah. Buccaneers 38, Chargers 31. This was a good game, too. This was a good game, yeah. Well, this, was, now, this, was, this was our CBS game because, the, CBS game, yeah. because the Bears game, of course, was moved to later because of the postponement. So yeah. this is what we got in yeah. the early games. Well, Tom Brady did what he does sometimes. He threw a pick, and they ran it in. He's doing that a little bit more than they'd like because uh, he's done that more already this year than I think he did all last year. Right. Uh, but anyhow, he did also throw five touchdown passes. So he brought them back. And, uh, you know, they didn't have Godwin, but they still, uh, you know, Evans had a great game and uh, Brady, uh, well, 360 some odd yards. So he did what he needed to do to get the, get the win. And sometimes you're going to win on Brady's arm and sometimes you're going to lose on Brady's arm. And he showed that early and they got behind, I think it was, uh, 24 it was 24, it was 24 to seven at one point. And yep. Justin yep. Herbert, even though he lost, had another good game today. He threw, he, did. For, he threw for over 300 yards. Him and Burrell have started their careers with three straight 300-yard games, and I think both franchises have found their quarterbacks. Yep. Yep. Ravens 31, Washington 17, and the Ravens just kind of played along, and they won the game as they were expected to do. Well, they needed to after they they were, you know, the score was fairly close on Monday night, but they were embarrassed by the Chiefs. I mean, when you're you're home, you're at least supposed to play right uh, to the end with with your chief rival, uh, no pun intended, being the Chiefs, and they did not, and they didn't. Uh, they they really were torched by the Chiefs, so they were able to do what they had to do and just go up the road a piece and uh, you know take buses probably and just go up there and uh, do get their win, and uh, now they can uh, prepare for their next opponent. We'll figure out who that is in a couple minutes. We get to the schedule. Panthers 31, Cardinals 21. So who knows if the Cardinals are as good as we thought, or maybe maybe the Panthers are just becoming better each week. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting coming out of this game uh, real quickly. Uh, if, if Matt Rule 
was the last at Baylor was the last coach to beat Cliff Kingsbury in his last game at Texas Tech, which led to him getting fired. So basically, Rule's been two and zero against Cliff Kingsbury now in a couple of years. <laughs> well, Teddy Bridgewater looked a lot better, and I don't know. I didn't hear much of this game, but he certainly looked good today. Kyler Murray, uh, you know, wasn't as spectacular as he usually is. So I don't really know, but but it, it really does uh, put the Panthers, you know, along with the Saints on Tampa Bay's heel. So that's going to be a good race with those three teams. Yes, it is. I, and I was going to say, uh, it looks like Carolina is improving each week, Perry, to, to get to your point. Yes. Viking 31, Texans 23. I imagine Bill O'Brien's seat is getting a little bit warmer each week. Oh, I think it is, yes. And he, there's no help for Deshaun Watson. They were trying to get it in there. They couldn't get – they got a penalty at fourth and goal. The one got it driven back, you know, to possibly tie it up if they had gone for two and – yeah, it's yeah, it's a rough. Well, yeah, Bill David Johnson O'Brien, got thrown for a loss. Yeah, David Johnson but got thrown for a loss. And Bill O'Brien has taken over offensive duties. Yes, yeah. but Paul, yeah. Paul Allen was happy. We should that we should think good on that. <laughs> and uh, of course, Bill Bill O'Brien is trying to do a Bill Belichick, and uh, there's only one Bill that can do what Bill does. So, and well, the other thing, a, Minnesota, we were giving Houston, uh, you know, a pass because we said, hey, they had to play Kansas City, they had to play Baltimore, they had to go to Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, now they come home and play another 0-3 team. And I'm not saying the Vikings are a bad team, but they were both 0-3. They both needed this game. And if you're home, that's a game you're supposed to win. If you're going and to they challenge, have fans there. And they, they had some fans, the yeah. So yeah. They were, they're now 0-4. Tennessee's 3-0. and And the Colts, as we'll mention later, are 3-1. and So they've dug themselves a hole in that division. Mm-hmm. Rams 17, Giants 9. We had a fight. At uh, in the middle of the field after the game, Jalen Ramsey of the Rams, Golden Tate of the Giants. I'm not sure why that happened, but I don't imagine well, the commissioner is going to be am- amused with that. No, but the Giants, you know, they're without Saquon Barkley, their offense is negligible, uh, and the Rams, even though they were off, you know, you didn't see much uh, today from them. Uh, it was just enough because the, the Giants have to be so precise and so careful, and also uh, Jones makes uh, rookie mistakes, you know. You know, he, he takes sacks when he shouldn't. If you listen to Bob Papa and, and Carl Banks, they do an excellent job. I mean, when he plays well and when the Giants play well, they'll say so. But they have to work so hard, and then they'll get a penalty, and then they have to get back, you know, third and 15 from the penalty. Whereas the Rams, you know, just threw it down the field to Cooper Cup, and that was a big play. Finally, they pulled away when they did that. So much easier for the Rams. They're, you know, hey, they're in, the, like, the third year of their program or whatever. Uh, the Giants yeah. are, are really starting from scratch without Saquon Barkley. Colts 19, Bears 11. Bill, why don't you tell us, this is your team, so why don't you tell us about this one? And, yeah. and Dick, we do acknowledge your race. We, yeah, Dick, we'll we see you. We'll get you in just, just once just we get a, through these. In just a minute here. Uh, Colts defense probably and special teams played well today, especially. The Bears really did good defensively, too. The Colts offense did what it had to do. They're missing some links. They're not hitting on all eight. But they play well enough to win, and the, the game really wasn't a 19-11 game. They were leading until the last few seconds, 19-3. to Yeah, they were. It really wasn't a a real close, close, close game. I think no. the Colts pretty well dominated the Bears, as you would say. <laughs> Any, anything yeah. else, Chris, on that? 
So, Bill, you're feeling you're you're feeling good about this game. I imagine our friend Jamal not so good. Probably yeah. not. And Dick is a big Bears fan, so he yeah. Will, so I don't imagine Dick is liking yeah, this game either. Anything anything else, real quick, Chris, on this one, or should I give the next? Uh, one? No, no, I think that's fine. And and uh, you know, again, the Colts are three and one, so they're right behind Tennessee, who's got is that stuck at three and zero until they can play again. So um, they're they're going to be a, a factor this year. Bills thirty, Raiders twenty three, Robert. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, the Buffalo Bills are uh, who we thought they were going to be. They they are the real deal. Uh, Josh Allen even got it, got himself hurt in the game. Didn't miss any time, but uh, he is the, he is the engine that makes that offense go. And all I can say is, both teams, Buffalo included, both teams need to work on their defense. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, it, it's not going to get any better for the Raiders because we go to Kansas City. So I expect we're going to be two and three after. Uh, yeah. Also, week. the Raiders had some turnovers, and the Bills were able to drive it. You know, they can do some long drives, and and with Stephon Diggs, he was the best player on. You know, he and Josh Allen were the two best players on the field. They yeah. had some really good connections today, and that was a big difference. And the Raider turnovers that they they messed themselves up. And uh, I want to I want to get on CBS here. Uh, look, we knew that. Uh, the main game was going to be, uh, you know, Jim Nance, Tony Romo with uh, New England and Kansas City. But how, why in the world did uh, we get stuck with Spiro Ditas? I mean, my, he uh, he can't announce. Nobody's going to get him. Well, you Nobody's know, the thing gonna... is, Robert, Sunday afternoon naps are popular. And, and a lot of people, yes. like, you know, they have their big dinner between games and they go yeah. in the other room and yeah. they kind of settle down. And Spiro's good for those 425 games that yeah. aren't uh, supposed to be that good. So like, pretty oh good idea. Well the, well, the Eagles and the 49ers, no score with about seven and a half to go in the first. Okay. And Patriots Chiefs tomorrow at 7 Eastern. Falcons Packers at 8. 50 Eastern. And Chris, while I get to where I need to be, I would bet you're going to give me next week's schedule. I shall. Okay. We, and I don't have any windows. I have to re- reach down on the floor and grab it. That's <laughs> just fine. This is uh, yeah, even, even Neil though, this is the uh, Steve uh, Nomore uh, Massachusetts Annex. That's what I have to do. Yeah. Thursday, October 8th, we start with Tampa Bay at the Bears, 8.20 p.m. And that's on Fox and NFL Network. So the the big primetime part of the Monday, the Thursday night uh, schedule is beginning here. And so then we have Sunday, October 11th. We have Carolina at Atlanta, 1 p.m. on Fox. Buffalo at Tennessee, 1 p.m. on CBS. We have the Raiders at Kansas City, as Robert mentioned, 1 p.m. on CBS. Denver at the Patriots. I'm reading in the order that it's here just because it's easier, but we now know that that's going to be a uh, the national game, uh, 4.25 p.m. on CBS. Uh, and so they've moved that time. Uh, Arizona at the, the Jets, 1 p.m., and that's on Fox. Philadelphia at Pittsburgh, 1 p.m., and that's on Fox. That's going to be the Keystone Battle. Every four years, you you have the uh, the battle, and it's interesting because it always happens election year. So yep. it's kind of funny that that you know people battle for Pennsylvania in other ways, and uh, the Eagles and Steelers will be doing that on Sunday. The Rams are at Washington, 1 p.m. on Fox. Cincinnati at Baltimore, 1 p.m. on CBS. Jacksonville at Houston, 1 p.m. on CBS. Miami at San Francisco, 4.05 p.m. on Fox. So that means CBS, as we know, will have the doubleheader because they've already moved that Patriots game. Indianapolis at Cleveland, 4.25 p.m. on CBS. That's going to be a good game. That should be good. Uh, the Giants are at Dallas, 4.25 p.m., and they moved it to CBS to be a national game. Well, that's why they moved the Patriots game because they decided people really do not want to see those two teams on, on uh, national stage. Well, and according to the Globe, uh, what I read this week, Chris, uh, the the TV executives on it, all the networks say Cam Newton is now must see TV. So all of the New England games, 
except for the Buffalo game on November 1st, so far have been moved to prime time for the Patriots. Well, those who have maybe been paying a little more attention to virus protocols and so forth for the last two or three days because of a prominent citizen that's in the hospital might know that he will probably be quarantined for next week because it's usually supposed to be about two weeks before you really can do anything again. And then then he doesn't have a bye week after the Denver game. Right, Right, but I'm saying if uh, it it may be uh, Brian Hoyer or Jared Sidham must see TV on Sunday instead of Cam Newton. Right. the best laid plans, you know, yep. Minnesota, Minnesota, Seattle. Oh boy, eight twenty p.m. on NBC, and uh, that's not a, a good Ru- place. Russell for the Wilson Vikings will have Russell Wilson will have a very good night. Yeah, well, he should. And we have for the uh, Monday night game, we have the Chargers at New Orleans, and that's going to be good. Eight fifteen p.m. on ESPN. Yep. That'll be the first exposure to Justin Herbert for a lot of folks. New Orleans is second Monday night game this year. Yeah, yeah already. Yep, yep mm-hmm. that's right. And uh, the uh, the buys are we have the first buys, and they're for Detroit and Green Bay, which isn't good because there are two guys on one of my fantasy teams, my quarterback Stafford and, and uh, Rogers are both off at the same time. That's never good. Anyway, no. okay. So I guess we got Dick ready, huh? We do. So Dick, if you want to unmute, you will be able to talk. Hello, Start. boys. Yeah, How's hello, going, Dick? Dick? Well, I must tell you, I'm not very happy right now. The beer is pathetic. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, the, now the, the beer announcer on radio is terrible. Oh, I like him, but that's me. Oh, John, I think Joniak's bad. <laughs> I have to tell you where the ball is, for goodness sake. Uh, he ain't no Joe McConnell or Wayne, uh, Wayne Larry, that's for sure. Okay. Um, but, you know, the, he was saying that the Colts really have defensive speed, and that, that uh, wins. Um, I think you guys, Bill, I was impressed with your team. All they didn't score much. Um, they did score enough to win. Of course, the Bears were only got 11 <laughs> points, and you, as you said before, the, it was the last uh, the touch on the last minute. Um, I'm curious. You guys already mentioned the um, TV games. I wonder if you know the uh, who, who the Westwood One games, who, what games they're going to have, or the um, campus. Uh, I'd be curious about that, or even the oh. ESPN. I think ESPN does a game too. I don't know how many of your listeners. I don't watch games on TV because I don't really tell you really not enough what's going on. You know, the, uh, we only, I, I only get the Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night Westwood game one games. I don't get the daytime ones here, so I haven't even. Well, yeah, and uh, there, there's no place that I know of where we can really go look and find out what radio games each. No, you have to uh, stay tuned to the game. If you got a Westwood One game, they'll sometimes tell you, you know, like on a Monday night, what they're going to be doing over the weekend. But that's right. about it. Yeah. Uh, one other thing too, you guys. Um, I think Chris, you mentioned um, Thursday mm-hmm. that you had a site or somebody had a site on the internet where you can listen to the different teams. Well, actually, uh, we're get to our next topic right now. Oh, yeah, really coming up. Good because, uh, segue, Dick. All right, yeah, good. I'm using, good. I'm good using job, the yeah. A person because I, I've got uh, XM. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would yep. like to have it with a computer, too. Okay. okay. Looking forward to hearing that. Take care, guys. Okay. okay. Very, very good. I'm going Stay to... Away. I've got to fix Perry here just a second. Yeah. Well, you know how we, how Perry can get sometimes. Yeah, yeah you got to fix him every now and then. Once again, you can call in. Let me him. give him a second. 876-9923. And do 287-723-4600. Hit the pound key twice. Uh, we got to do a little repair on Perry here. We're almost done, though. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to be doing uh, the baseball, but I want Bill to uh, – I know Bill's busy right now. So it's got one of those uh, little uh, glitches that you run into in shows sometimes where – because Bill's going to have our next little segment about the uh, about uh, the iPhone and so forth. 
Yeah, and remember, okay. our folks, I, I, I am back. I am back. I sorry there about that. Okay. My computer froze. Hey, he oh, is okay. restored. <laughs> He's okay. Restored. So, Bill, do you want to talk about that iPhone business? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll just mention quickly. DJ Doug gave me an app, and hopefully, I got the right app. I was mm-hmm. so in very, very, very pleased, and it's called Game Day Pro Football radio or something very close to that you'll realize that the title is really not important when i get through here so mm-hmm. i rush to my iphone and i search for it and i find it and it says well it's a dollar 99 okay and you know that's fortunately not going to break me or cause me any real concern so i get the app i install it i hit on the first team wow it works i said oh man this is great this app the layout's pretty good but every team after that, this app does not work at all. None of the teams worked. So save your dollar ninety nine. It's a total ripoff and a waste of money. If there had been oh. any way I could have gotten myself a refund from the Apple Store for this app, I would. If it had been Android, I could have. So I, we are going to look for more things. I would suggest if somebody just wants to use an iPhone or your device, really save up a few pennies and get yourself a deal and get a Sirius XM subscription. That way you're or, going to or be Or another way, Bill, they can do it is if you know what team it is, you know, what station does the games. Right. Some of them do stream. Not all, but some of them do. You can do it that way, too. Yeah. Like, for example, the Bears are on WBBM and the Bears do stream. Yeah. Many, most do. of the intercom stations, uh, Dallas does not, but most of the intercom stations do. iHeart mostly doesn't. Right. I but it, unfortunately... It it doesn't always work. Let me uh, no. let me go get Pierre here. You got Pierre? I'm gonna get Pierre. All right. Yeah. Let let us then um, get to Pierre. Pierre, you don't even have to mute because you can just start talking. Yeah. Just go ahead, Pierre. Go ahead, Pierre. Yeah, uh, I was just calling about the Saints game today. Okay. That Saints, that Saints defense is <laughs> awful. They had a 21 point lead. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, and almost blew it uh, when the uh, when the other team went for two points. When uh, Detroit went for two points and got it down to six, which was goofy. I, that, I don't know why yeah, they did that, but anyway, I thought the game was over because the Saints were just giving up yards like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah, no, their defense hasn't been good this year. That's for sure. The only time it was good was against Tampa Bay, and that may have been because Tom Brady wasn't used to that offense yet. Exactly. And, well, it seems to be that the NFL, uh, all all teams have not so very good defenses this year, and I wonder if that has to do with the fact that there was no preseason games and no regular training camp the way they, they normally have it because the defense in football has been bad all the way around this year. You know what I mean? With a 21-point with a lead going into the fourth quarter, you would, you shouldn't have to battle for your life at the end of the you game. You should not. Now, Pierre, while we have you, this gives me a good chance for, so that we can go right into college football here. Remember, you and I were discussing this week. We wanted to see what Mississippi State team was going to show up. Was it the one that played last week or a different one? It was sure the heck a different one, wasn't it? It was a different one. That's what I said. Uh, that's what I told Teresa. I said it was just a fluke last week that, you know, that 
LSU's, LSU's defense and the Saints' defense must be on the train, same training field. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, no, what, what Pierre and I are talking about, Mississippi State, after beating LSU by 10 points last week, lost to Arkansas 21-14. to 14. So, mm-hmm. now I don't and think that – bad doing it. And look bad doing it. I don't think that would be considered a major upset. I think probably the biggest upset of this week was probably Iowa State beating – Oklahoma, and, and I or guess that TCU had... Or beating Texas. Or TCU, TCU Texas. Texas. But Iowa State had not beaten Oklahoma in Ames since right. the year no. that John F. Kennedy was elected. Now, what year would that have been, Chris? 1960. 1960. So, so uh, they played Sweet Caroline after the game, yeah. and, they, and they hadn't beaten it, but they said that Lincoln Riley's parents were kids the last time that Iowa State beaten Oklahoma in Ames. Well, and Oklahoma is 0-2 in conference play. And, right. and as of today, they are unrated. Go ahead, Pierre. And I don't know if y'all heard about it. Uh, the SMU uh, student body, they had to call the cops and yep. escort them yes, all they out did. of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. good. And Ole, Ole, Miss beat, Ole Miss beat Kentucky. I don't think that would be a major upset, but it was certainly a heck yeah. of a good game. It was certainly a heck of a good game, though. Right. Yeah. Georgia handled Auburn. They did? Yeah. North Carolina hung on against BC, 26-22, so they're still uh, undefeated. Alabama did what they did. What's that, Pierre? Texas A&M. I said, I said Alabama didn't just uh, handle Texas A&M. They slaughtered them. Yes, they did. Yeah. They, Alabama yes, certainly they. looks good, don't they? Oh, boy, do they. And and this week we have Texas Oklahoma both coming off losses first time in oh since the 1950s that they both had losses coming into this game wow. for Saturday. Now I and, think te- I think Texas still hung in the polls, didn't they? Yeah, they still hung in the polls. Uh, it was a lot of penalties on both sides of that TCU game. But we yeah, know and, Oklahoma did not, and and I, I think. I think they wanted one of these teams at least to be rated coming into this game. Yeah, Pitt lost. Yeah, uh, they were they were playing NC State. They got beaten. They were in the poll, so they they may go out now. And they were undefeated up till yesterday. So uh, yeah, you know, it, it's a, it, to not have the Big Ten and the and the Pac-12 yet. It doesn't give a full picture. You know, you still got teams, and they're putting them back. They, I guess they put them in because the Globe today had a thing where you they showed Ohio State at number whatever three or four yeah. or whatever they are. So they put them back in if they were out because they know they're going to play. But of course, you don't have the whole top twenty-five playing. But you had some interesting games yesterday, and you did one of those good things that I'm happy about for the first time in many, many, many weeks. Way before the season started, we don't have any off the field. They postponed this they're moving that they're not going to start this they're going to start that we don't have any of that we can just do and talk about the games on the field and it switched over to the nfl we had to do a 10 minute virus segment for the nfl before we could talk about the games on the field. actually we're like 20 minutes chris (laughs) (laughs) well you know about the spread of the virus you know you do if you did if you did any more college football before we Click into baseball. No, I think that's about it. Let's get on some All right, let's go. Baseball. Baseball. All right, well, here, all right. Let me get everybody a little attention uh, grabber here because I'm going to now read the final standings. Yes, we basically had them for you last week, but this includes the uh, the last games of the season. So if you want to grab your tape recorder, grab your braille writer, grab something, uh, just be ready. And here we go. Final baseball standings for 2020. American League League East, not the least, East. Tampa Bay, 40 and 20. The Yankees, 33 and 27. Toronto, 32 and 28. Baltimore, 25 and 35. Red Sox, 24 and 36. Oh, they almost caught those Orioles. That was so exciting. American League Central, Minnesota, 36 and 24. Cleveland, 35 and 25. We'll be talking about these divisions, the Centrals, in a little while. Cleveland, 35, 25. Chicago White Sox, 35 and 25. 
35. Kansas City, 26-34. Detroit, 23-35. and 35. American League West, the A's, <clears throat> excuse me, 36-24. Houston, 29-31. Seattle, 27-33. The Angels, 26-34. Texas Rangers, 22-38. and 38. National League East, the Atlanta Braves, 35-25. and 25. Miami, 31-29. and 29. Philadelphia, 28-32. and 32. The Mets, 26-34. and 34. Washington, 26-34. and 34. In the Central, Chicago Cubs, 34-26. St. Louis, 30-28. Cincinnati, 31-29. Milwaukee, 29-31. Pittsburgh, 19-41. And And the National League West, the Dodgers, best team in baseball going into the playoffs, 43-17. San Diego, 37-23. One of the better ones. We'll be talking about these guys in a little while. San Francisco did not make it at 29-31. Colorado, 26-34. Arizona, 25-35. So there are your final. 2020 baseball standings and now we can start talking about the playoffs we had the four series began on tuesday in the national league uh, the american league and wednesday in the american league and uh so let me find my spot here uh and i don't think there were all, quite as many game threes though chris as major league baseball would have preferred uh, there was no. only two there was only two of those yep well the whole first of all i was talking about the central divisions they all lost their series i'll give you they did. i'll give you that right off the bat and so uh, they, they're, they're all out. So in the American League, Tampa Bay beat Toronto two games to none. We're not going to do the scores because they were a few days ago. That's Tampa right. Bay and Toronto had never met in the postseason. And Toronto was sort of like, wham, bam, uh, thanks for coming. They're out. You know, they, they were the eighth team in the American League. Everybody kind of knew that. And uh, Tampa Bay uh, took care of them. But the first game was close. Second game wasn't. So that's, that's okay. Yankees beat Cleveland two, to, two games to none. And the, the Indians have to be pretty disappointed because they were supposed to come in with all this pitching. They gave up 22 runs in the two games and uh, that in the first and uh, uh, David USF by the way USF for anybody who doesn't know stands for ultimate sports fan and he really is he gave us a lot of statistics that were pretty good he and I were going back and forth with some of the stuff in the baseball so the 22 uh, runs that the Yankees got in the postseason uh, that was the first the most in two games ever for the first two games of a postseason uh, 70 Baltimore got 21 runs in their first two games against Minnesota in the league championship series and then in uh, 69 the Mets got 20 against the Braves the first two games of the championship series. And then in 60, the Pirates in the first two games of the World Series got uh, 20 runs, although the Pirates did win one of those games, I remember. But the, the point is, that's quite a start, uh, I'll tell you. Now, Oakland beat Chicago two games to one. Now, uh, some good stuff happened for uh, Robert's team. Let me tell him, and then he can comment, of course, because it's his team. Everybody can talk about their team when, when we get to them. And um, that was the first deciding game ever that the White Sox were in. So anytime, they haven't been in the post season very often and when they have if they won a series they won it by you know three, three to one or four to one or whatever four to two or if they lost it they did and if and uh, like they swept the astros in 2005 for example um so it was the first deciding game they were ever in where it went the limit and so that was uh, something for them the a's had lost nine elimination games in a row the last elimination game the a's had won was the seventh game of the 1973 world series same principle the a's had certainly won beat the red sox four in a row in 88 beat the four in a row in 90, uh, beat the Giants in 89, you know, uh, beat Toronto in 89 to get to the to the series, but they were never in a deciding game uh, that they won, and they had lost nine in a row, uh, nine elimination games. I'm sorry, not deciding game, nine elimination games. So the meeting yeah. games, if they were behind in a series three games to two, they 
lost that game too. They broke that streak in game two. And the first series win for the A's, I think, since 06, Robert, right? That is uh, correct. When yep. they beat the Twins, and we'll get to them in a minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but uh, that was over Minnesota. And the thing is that uh, they now, uh, we'll talk about the series that we're going to uh, get to, but it's going to be kind of a good rivalry. Two, the two American League series you can think of as rivalry series because they're from the same division because the whole Central Division got wiped out in the American League, as we mentioned. Okay. Houston beat Minnesota two games to none. That is 18. And I imagine that there were so many fans and teams around the league cheering for the Twins. Yes, they were. Mm-hmm. And Boy, they're going to be they, cheering for the A's uh, this they week. They will be cheering for the A's this week. That's yeah. right. No, Nobody wants to see Houston. And I don't think a lot of people want to see the Yankees win either. So I think they do, uh, they Houston do not. Tampa, um, no. Tampa, uh, and the Yankees will not be uh, rooted for by many. But anyway, Houston beat Minnesota two games to none. That is 18, count them, 18 postseason losses in a row for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, I think their last one, uh, uh, the last series win for them was an 0-2, and then they played uh, the Angels in uh, the championship series, and they won a game or two there. And that's the last time they won. They haven't won a postseason game uh, that is since a Chris, that is a record in professional okay. sports. No yep. team, yeah, it co- it co- no team has no team has ever lost that many playoff nope. games in a row. The, yeah. uh, the Blackhawks have lost, had lost 16 in a row over between 75 and 79. And David USF and I were talking about that yep. during, uh, not David USF, David from Toronto, our friend yep. Dave from yep. Toronto. We talked about that. And also the longest uh, postseason baseball that the twins have shattered for the last three or four years was the Red Sox when they had lost 13 in a row between uh, 86 and 98. But that, uh, you know, and uh, so there you go. So that that was it for the Twins. So they were out. So let's see. I think we can move on to the uh, National League now. And we have uh, the Dodgers beat Milwaukee two games to none. Like Toronto, they were the uh, mystery guests. They got to come. They didn't get to stay. And they were gone. And uh, the games weren't bad, I guess. But they just uh, Clayton Kershaw had one of his better postseason performances uh, by pitching eight innings, only throwing 93 pitches and striking out 13 Brewers. So. That's correct. So that was good. San Diego over the Cardinals, two games to one. Now, this was cool because the Cardinals had beaten the uh, the Padres three series in a row in 96, 05, and 06. In, in those combined series, the Padres were one and nine. Uh, so that that was a, considered the curse of the uh, Cardinals. And uh, so they were they got into it and they lost the first game and everybody's like oh no but they went crazy they had a huge comeback in the second game won eleven to nine had uh, the most postseason home runs in the seventh inning or later ever in a game and then they won the third game uh, four to nothing uh, and they they did it by committee they had nine pitchers shut out the Cardinals yes so and I believe was it was their first playoff series win since eighty four that's no. correct no 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 no, no. no. they went no. to the World Series no, in nineteen ninety eight they went to the World Series in ninety eight you're right. No. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, but no, they've only been to the postseason about five times, and this right, is like the yeah. sixth trip. But no, they went to the World Series in 98, and I know they beat uh, the Braves to get there and uh, somebody else before that. Uh, don't yeah. remember who. It was but, uh, it was, they haven't won one since 98. They haven't won. They've been to the World Series since 98. But no, they did win. 84, they did not win a series to get there, of course, because we didn't have the wild yeah. cards yet. Right. Uh, oh, no, they had to win the World League champion. Oh, how could I forget that? They beat uh, the Perry Cubs. Can't forget they beat, that. Cubs. They beat yeah. the Cubs in 84, and then they beat a couple teams in 98. Including the Braves. No, no, no. I try to block that out, Chris. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, you know, and just just to interject a little politics into this, Ronald Reagan had a very bad, and and I'm, I wasn't a big Reagan fan, but he had a very bad performance at that debate that night. And I think he was still getting over that Cubs game too. I'm yeah. sure he was. <laughs> okay, Atlanta beat Cincinnati. That took me a while to get over, Chris. Right. 
Atlanta beat Cincinnati two games to none. We'll have Bill talk about this as soon as I run it down. And there were no runs scored by the Reds in the whole series for 22 innings. They played 13 innings the first game and then uh, nine innings in the second game. And that means that in the last 30 innings when the Reds have played the Braves, because it goes back to the second through the ninth inning of their last game in in 1995, there had been no runs scored by the Reds. So you can't win if you don't score, and uh, that's that's just the way it is. What would you say is the deal with the Reds, uh, Bill? Bottom line, great pitching, no doubt about it. Probably the offense and base running seem to be the key. You had the bases loaded several times in that first game that you could have won easily within 13 innings. Base running, mistakes, execution, and hits were not timely. Uh, are, are they going to try, Bill, do you think, to bring back the Trevor Bowers of the world? Well, if I were them, I would make that a concerted effort to bring him back with Sonny Gray and Castile. I mean, that would well, be... Well, I, I uh, heard oh, a story. Hold on, hold on, okay. hold on Robert. Okay, go okay. ahead, Robert. You're um, I heard ahead, a story today. Uh, Bleacher Report uh, reported that uh, Bauer was already meeting with the Red Sox. I didn't think free agents could already meet meet with teams but uh, you can probably you can probably meet yeah. you just can't sign uh, apparently him and his agent were in Boston today. I think it's different rules. No, it used to be you couldn't, as a free agent, you had to, remember there was the exclusivity thing, Perry, yeah. for like a week? Yeah. But I think yeah. because this offseason is so messed up and the virus and everything, I think they've waived a lot of those rules. But it used to be that you couldn't talk to another team. You had exclusivity after the World Series for 10 days or a week. Remember yeah. that? So I don't yeah. know what's up with that. And then they get but, a draft. If, if Boston would sign him, then they have to give up a draft choice. And they there's, there's a little more to it to travel, but I think he only wants to sign a one-year contract. Now, that's what I have heard. So well, we should Red Sox could use any starting pitching anybody can give them. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was the first. Series I think his. I think his thing, Chris, is going to be: Are the Red Sox going to be trying to win next year or not? That's, I think so. I think that's what will. he. That's what he's oh. going to want to know. I think yep. they will. So this was the first series. This is amazing. Now, the Braves are in the postseason a lot. This is the first series they had won since 2001 when they went to the uh, championship series and lost to the, the Arizona. They had lost nine series in a row. And, I mean, I knew they weren't doing well in postseason, but, my goodness, you just that's unbelievable. So, um and so that was that was amazing, and uh, so and, the, and then we finally get to the Cubs, and the Cubs uh, lost to Miami two games to none, and Miami, uh, my friend Rick points out, has won every series they've ever been in. in that is baseball. correct. You know, and, so, and you know, the, here's the bad thing, Chris. The Cubs with um, Hendricks and Darvish, they both pitched well enough to win, but the same bugaboo that's been there all season long, nobody could hit. Right. Yeah. So, but, that, they, but, that, but that, I mean, like I say, they both both Hendricks and Darvish pitched well and, enough to win. So what is your prescription for the Cubs, or what is the, the your prognostication? The, from what I am here, well, from what I am hearing, they're going to have to do something to address the offense because what they're what they were banking on is well, these guys eventually we get back to their 2016 form, and it really hasn't happened. So now, I mean, this year they have an option on Anthony Rizzo, they have an option on John Lester. They'll have to decide what they do want to do with those. And then they're going to have to decide: Do they try to trade anybody? Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do something because nobody, nobody was hitting. Yeah, that's for sure. So okay, so we have our series set up. Our final eight: the American League series will be played in California. The uh, uh, one in San Diego, one in uh, in uh, Los Angeles. We have the Yankees and Tampa Bay 
playing, and that is going to be in, um, I think, in San Diego. San Diego, yes. Yankees in Tampa Bay. Tomorrow that will start at 4.08 Eastern no, time. No, that'll be 8.07 Eastern time. That's right. And Houston and Oakland will be pay- playing at Dodger Stadium, and they'll be the ones that will start at 4.08. 4.07, yes. 4, they will be the, that, that will be the afternoon game. may not always be at the same time, but that will be the afternoon games for the American, through the yes, series. Yes, and at the very least, and if the other series maybe ends early, I guess they could think about moving yeah. it tonight. But for right. as long yeah. as both series are going, A's Astros will be the day game. Right. And uh, those are the American League games. The Tuesday Tuesday starts the National League uh, series, and that'll be Tuesday in um, uh, Arlington, Texas. San Diego will play the Dodgers. And that's the late game, as Perry just said. That's uh, we're going to have the late games for the Dodgers, and uh, what we don't have a time on that yet we uh, because don't. it's going to be four games on Tuesday. No. Because game two of those two American League series, again with the uh, the uh, A's game, the afternoon game, Yankees game at night, Dodgers game will be the night game, and Miami and Atlanta will also be an afternoon game. We know and that that'll game be played in Houston. We know that is a two oh eight. Okay. Yes. And of course, the Atlanta uh, Miami is a rematch of the of the uh, '97 uh, championship series uh, playoff. You know, uh, league champion Yankees and Tampa Bay have not met. Houston and Oakland, though, have uh, they haven't met in the postseason. But I guess they've got quite a rivalry from the division, right, Robert? Oh yes. Uh, this has been going since oh, 2016, 2017. <laughs> uh, A's and Astros do not like each other. Uh, there has been several fights on the field, including one this year. Uh, these two teams uh, do, do not like each other. Uh, I, I feel so bad for Dusty Baker. He's such a class guy, but he's in the middle of a cauldron. And, and uh, uh, Bob, Bob Melvin and Dusty Baker are good friends, but uh, these, uh, you know, take the managers out of it. These players do not like each other. It's well, like, remember, it was Mike Fires of the A's who got this cheating stuff going. So, oh, yeah, he's the, the one the that Astros, the right. Astros do not like this guy. No, no, right. But he won't be batting. There's no, uh, no. no pitchers are hitting, so uh, that that's a help to him. But and then the other series, and uh, this is big. I'm telling you, the San Diego fans are looking for this. You know, they've been. You know, if you if you're living in a household with three brothers, Dodgers is the big brother, Giants are the second brother, and the ones who beat up on you are the Dodgers first and the Giants second. Well, number three is getting to play number one here because everybody says Giants, Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers. You know, like the Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinal Cup. Right. See, these are the other guys and they say hey we're here too and i'm telling you these padre fans are, are going to be so psyched for this I'm, I'm telling you the ratings in san diego will go off the charts and the thing is they were the ones as i understand it it wasn't the celtics fans they're the ones that started the BLA chant that's right that is that's correct i heard that so is, they, they are so psyched for this so we uh, so anyway, uh, so there's a few other baseball notes we want to get. There were some fans at some of the games. Uh, I know there were fans in Minnesota. You know, they had some families uh, and, and some employees there. I think some of the other uh, places let the fans come in. Uh, those, uh, those we did that in Oakland also, Chris. Yeah, families and so forth. So that's good, um, especially because – and I think the families are going to these uh, these venues, are they not? They can. Uh, they can if they want to. Now, yeah. some yeah. players are taking families, some are not. Okay. Right. We, 
We also heard that there will be 11,500 fans at uh, games in Arlington, Texas. The Houston uh, has not been uh, deregulated. So for the National League Championship, not for this series, but for the National League Championship Series and for the World Series, there will be uh, fans in attendance, a, a few fans. And how they'll be picked or whatever, I don't know. But probably corporate and this and that and obviously families and people and some player, some personnel. So uh, there'll, there'll be a few uh a few people there, anyway. And the American League series, remember, are on TBS. The National League are on FS1 and uh, MLB yeah, Network. The, and the next series, the American League Championship Series, will start on Sunday, a week from today, and the National League Championship Series will start a week from tomorrow, Monday the 12th, and the World Series will start on Tuesday the 20th. They will have days off for that to be done, hopefully, no later than the 28th of October. Yeah, remember, for these series, there are no days off. Right. Monday through Friday, Tuesday through Saturday. That's the way they're going to play them. And obviously, if if, if we get, if there shouldn't be any rain, it never rains in Southern California, at least till November. And And the Texas ones have roofs. Texas has roofs. So, the, the one thing that you, the, you would see would be a Saturday night, probably primetime game, if Game 5 in the National League occurs. That you could probably plan on. they throw it into the mix on into primetime or late afternoon at least, but we'll see. Any so other baseball Phil- notes, Chris? Yes. The Phillies fired Matt Quintek. What did you say? Quintek? Quintek, yes. But he, yeah. apparently he is going to stay in the organization. That's kind of weird. Yeah, he's the GM right now, but he is fired. And the thing is that uh, they're looking at it and saying, hey, we brought in Bryce Harper. We brought in Joe Girardi as uh, the GM. And the team was lethargic. I mean, they did. their pitching wasn't the best, uh, but their hitting really wasn't very good down the stretch either. They really kind of collapsed. Well, if you believe the people, Chris, that uh, work at WIP, who is the flagship station of the Phillies, uh, a lot of front office people do not like working for Andy McPhail. And uh, they're calling on John Middleton, who's the owner of the Phillies, to if you're going to get rid of, if you're going to move Quintuck out of the GM spot, you need to move Andy McPhail out of his slot because apparently nobody who has any kind of a GM experience wants to deal with Andy McPhail for okay, whatever so reason. Basically, he's the president. Is that the idea? That's the idea. Yes. Okay, and of course, from the Larry McPhail, Lee McPhail, all the way back into history in baseball, there's been a McPhail in baseball for. Generation. So, right. We did have one other thing to cover in baseball. We're not going to put it in the depth because it's sort of like how they don't count the uh, <laughs> the victim of, uh, of you know a, a, a shooting, a person who commits suicide during a shooting. We're not putting him in our regular death. There's no honor here. Charlie Hager, allegedly a former major league pitcher, killed his ex girlfriend who was uh, just I think was just about turning uh, 34 years old. He, he pitched in from 06 through through 2010 for the White Sox, the Dodgers, and San Diego. And he was a knuckleballer, and uh, he was not a very good one. He was found dead. The police were looking for him for the crime, and uh, it was pretty open and shut case because the roommate held a gun on the roommate and so forth. And he, But his uh, major league stats, just so you know, and this is why you never heard of him before, Perry, I had to look him up. Uh, he was 2-7 and seven with an over-60 RA, so nobody that was, had ever done very much for I think anybody. The only pla- I think the only place that I may have heard of him, Chris, is he may have pitched in the PCL in the minor leagues. Right. And he was in the Red Sox system, but I never knew he was there. So yeah. there you go. So I think that's it for baseball. Do we have any baseball calls? We do not. Okay. So, okay. 
All right. Do some hockey after this. We're going to do a little hockey. We're only going to take a couple minutes. We had the awarding of the Stanley Cup. So the first season to finish, and the hockey gets that honor. It was uh, basically uh, baseball got to, got to start first, and hockey got to finish first. And they did it successfully. Again, and congratulations to the NHL. The NBA is on the on the way, almost done with, with theirs. And actually, if somebody wants, uh, Perry, if you want, can get a, a Lakers score for us, uh, that would be I good. Have we, we get to, I have right. it. I have it. Do you want okay, it now? Okay, we will get there in a couple. No, we'll oh, get there in a minute we'll after we do the, the hockey. Yeah. So Tampa Bay beat Dallas two to nothing on Monday night, last Monday night, and they won the cup in um, in uh, four games to two. And uh, it, there's just an omen, and I'm not saying uh, there are two omens involved here. In 04, the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning won the Stanley Cup. They beat Calgary, yes. They, they beat Calgary. And in 05, what happened, Robert? Uh in oh five, well, in the uh, let's see, Stanley. Uh, if you're, t- I'm trying to think who won. There was the- no season, Robert. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah, there was uh, no season. That, yeah, that no is a bad open. Yeah, that, that is a bad open. open. We, yeah, well, we had a strike. We had a yeah. strike, and there was no season, and uh, that was it. So I'm, I'm I believe just, we'll have a season this time. Though, I think Chris. we will too. But I'm just saying, this is yeah. uh, unusual times, and I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> the other thing, and this also may not happen either. The Lakers got were in the finals that year. And they lost yes, to, they the Pistons, to the yeah. Pistons. So but, uh, That won't happen this year either. I don't think it will, but we'll find out more about that in a minute. Okay. So, and then uh, Victor Hedman was the uh, de- defenseman who won the Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player in the playoffs. Yes. And, uh, again, they won the Series in six. And the other thing that happened this week, Hendrick Lundqvist for the New York Rangers, out after 15 years of, as a goalie with the Rangers. He's 38 years old. He had 459 wins in his career and uh, quite a quite a, a big big goalie. And I saw an article in the Globe today about and it, and that was the year Rick DiPietro of Boston University was drafted first. So the Highlanders could have been totally, but it, the, a lot of people passed on Lundqvist. He was like yeah. picked in the fifth round or something. Yeah, no, uh, he had a wonderful career and. Um, there's going to be uh, there's going to be questions whether uh, I, I would like to see him retire as a Ranger because we uh, you don't get to see players only play for one team anymore. Uh, I, so I'm really curious to see whether somebody will uh, will try to sign him or whether he'll decide yeah. to retire. Well, now, there was there was a few other uh, uh, there was a few other signings this week. Okay. Robin Leonard uh, had re-signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. He will be their new starting goaltender. He got a five-year, $25 million contract. Brian Elliott will continue to be the backup in Philadelphia. He got a one-year extension on his deal. So uh, Carter Hart will continue to be the starter there. Um, those are a few other things that happen. And, of course, this week on Tuesday and Wednesday will be the National Hockey League draft. October 6th and October 7th. Okay. So we'll try to have more information next on next week's show. And of course, during the draft is when trades can really pick up. So you might have, we might have some, we might have a lot of hockey news this week as far as player movement is concerned. Okay. And then, then after the draft, I believe free agency begins in hockey on October the 9th. So this could be a very, very busy NHL week. Okay, and um, so I think we are ready for the NBA, so why don't we get a, a Laker heat score? 
74 to 68 in favor of the Heat in the middle oh, of the third ooh. quarter. Okay. Jimmy Butler is leading the way with 20, Jimmy Butler is leading the way with 25 points. Okay. Wow. Okay, that's a worthwhile game. Don't leave us. Don't leave right? us. We want you to keep listening. We're just, you know, uh, stay with us. Okay. So when we last left you last week, the uh, Celtics were playing, and they were actually ahead by like six when we got off the air. And then of course they went down the down the dumper, and they lost 125 to 113, which meant that Miami advanced to the finals. Four games to two over the Celtics. And so that was the first time uh, both finalists were not in the playoffs the year before for the Lakers and, yeah. the, and the Heat. And there have been other teams that have won the title from not being in the playoffs. The Celtics did it twice, and I'm sure others have. But in 56-57, they had not been in the playoffs the year before, and Bill Russell and Tommy Heinsohn came in, and they won the title. And in 08, when they brought in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, they won the title after not being in in 07. So it's it's happened before, but uh, you know we not too often, I'm sure. So anyway. Pat, Pat Riley in six decades. Yes. Okay. I got. I got the. I went through and figured out where we stood with with all this. David USF did a lot of work on this, and I uh, looked at it a little, little bit too. So we had Pat Riley in the finals again. Six decades. He's been in every decade: seventies, and now eighties, nineties, uh, the zeros, the tens, and now the twenties. So six decades for Pat Riley: seventy-two and seventy-three as a player uh, with the Lakers, eighty assistant coach with the Lakers, and then the head coach of the Lakers from eighty-two through eighty-five, eighty-seven through eighty. Head coach of the Knicks in '94, head, uh, and then in '06 he was the uh, president and head coach of the Heat when they went, and then '11 through '14 he went as the president of the Heat and now president of the Heat in '20. And his uh, record, uh, is, uh, Riley, by the way, is 75 years old, and his record in the finals is nine and seven. It's his 17th uh, trip to the finals, so he's nine and seven in the finals. And I got thinking about it. What about Red Auerbach? Well, I'm not sure, and maybe David USF will clarify this a little bit, but we will check on that later in the week uh, if he has uh, anything to add. I came up with 20 finals that Red uh, would have been involved in. They're in the ABA, and I would imagine it's in the NBA record book because there was the ABA and the, the, ABL. the ABL. ABL. And the uh, and uh, whatever the uh, NBL or whatever they had or anyhow the NBA was not formed till I think the forty nine fifty season. But Red Auerbach won a title for the Washington Capitals. Yes, that was their name in the in obviously in the finals uh, before that in the, one of those leagues. And I come up with twenty finals that he was in, and he was seventeen and three in those finals. He lost, the only finals he lost were in '58 to the Hawks when Bill Russell got hurt, and '85 and '87 to the Lakers. And then um, let's see. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically he was in as a coach uh, from 57 through uh, 66, then as the GM and president from in 68 and 69, and then in 74, 76, 81, 84, 85, 86, 87, and 88. So, uh, it, you know, so he does have more finals, but obviously, you know, is not to, around anymore to, to add to his uh, total. Yeah. And then and the fans, um, Chris, must think like when Robert was saying that this will be over quickly, the fans must agree because the ratings, I guess, for the finals have really been terrible. Yeah. Right. And well, with two in- injuries, we have uh, 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 Bam Adebayo and um, uh, Dragic. I don't remember his first yeah. name, but they're both out for the Heat. So that's uh, it's Goran Dragic. Goran Dr- yeah. Dragic. Yeah, Goran yeah. Dragic. That's right. Yeah. And so they've been out for the Heat. And uh, so, but the big other news in the NBA off the court uh, was. Uh, 
Doc Rivers was finally let go by the uh, by the Clippers. Apparently, he's the only NBA coach to have ever blown three three games to one lead, and uh, yes. so that was the third one. And so he is out, and it did not take him long to uh, find a job. Seventy two hours. Yep. Seventy two hours. He was hired by the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, but he uh, does not have personnel uh, uh, power. Elton Brand is still the uh, GM there, and uh, they have personnel decisions to make because they have to decide if they're going to keep Embiid and Simmons together or what they want to do, or is it just a question of coaching them up, but uh, Jeff Ann Gundy and uh, Ty Lue are the uh, players uh, that uh, are, uh, you know, the coaches that are being thought of as perhaps uh, replacements for Doc. In, and in, uh, uh, Ty Lue has also this week been interviewed by New Orleans, so we'll wait and see yes. what happens. Okay. But uh, this brings up a question, Chris, because Doc, of course, has coached in Orlando, Boston, the Clippers, now Philadelphia. Has any other uh, former Celtics coach also coached the 76ers. Oh, I don't think so. I can't think of no. anybody who has. I think this is the first time that's happened. <laughs> yep, I think you know? so. Yep. I think so. So, well, I think probably what we should do, I think we're around to our death, and what we can do now, though, and I don't know if you want to do it before the Bob Gibson thing or after the Bob Gibson thing about about asking about poll question, Sean. We'll do no, that. After. We'll do that after. So let's do I'll the Bob ask Gibson. It. I'll ask it again. Let me ask it, uh, but call it in oh, after okay. the death and have your answers. Once again, the question Wait. is... Tell us about uh, what was your first live sporting event that you can remember attending, uh, you know, your first live event. Call in now, 646-876-9923, enter the code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. Call in while we're doing the desk and get your, you know, we'll, we'll answer it and then we'll take your answers. So. so we have some audio for Bob Gibson and then we will run down his statistics and do the other death. the most competitive pitcher I ever met. Gibson has had five shutouts in a row, but he's allowed only one run in his last 65 innings. I love the fire in his eyes. You could see it even in old television. think anybody could beat Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson being congratulated as he wins another big one. He was the essential major league competitor. Tim McCarver once said, Bob Gibson was the kind of player that teammates didn't just respect, they revered. It would have been difficult for them not to. Gibson was a two-time Cy Young Award winner an MVP, and his 1.12 ERA in 1968 and 17 strikeouts in a World Series game are two of baseball's immortal numbers. One of the things that helped me a lot was all of these stories that they they would tell each other about me. Well, you don't want to know what it was like to face Bob Gibson. Uh, he was one of the uh, toughest pitchers I ever faced. He was so mean, you know, he was nasty. And I told you what, this is one thing I didn't, I didn't tell a lot of people, but my wife used to go to the restroom when I faced and give it. Because you don't want to see it, <laughs> I guess. Bob Gibson would throw the ball on your chin, uh, throw it around you, and then a lot of pitchers, if you woof at him a little bit, you know, hit back off. And that Gibson, you take a step forward and say, come on. You know, I was just out there doing what I knew how to do, and uh, that's pretty much as simple as it gets. 
There are a lot of guys that want to win, okay, in life. They want to be winners. That wasn't the case with Gibson. Gibson despised losing, and I think it came from his living norms as a child, you know. He was sickly. He had uh, all kinds of childhood diseases. I think that that really set the precedent for him, and when he went to the mound, you weren't going to beat him. Robert Gibson was born November 9, 1935, in Omaha, Nebraska. The youngest of seven children, Gibson overcame bouts of asthma and rickets throughout childhood to excel at sports. And when Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier in 1947, an 11-year-old Bob Gibson decided he, too, would be a pro ball player, in which sport remained to be seen. There's not one thing that Gibson couldn't do physically, okay? He could have been a great quarterback. He could have been a great wide receiver. He could have been a great uh, defensive back. Uh, he could have been a, a great prize fighter. There wasn't anything that Bob Gibson couldn't do. He was just a phenomenal athlete, period. That athleticism earned him a full scholarship to Creighton University. And following graduation in 1957, Gibson signed a pair of $4,000 contracts, one with the St. Louis Cardinals, the other with the Harlem Globetrotters. The stoic Gibson played one winter with the fun-loving Trotters. But when Cards GM Bing Devine offered him an additional $4,000 in 1958 to drop basketball and focus on baseball, Gibson left the hardwood behind and set his sights on major league batters. Gibson made his first All-Star team in 1962, went 18-9 and in 1963, and was the Cardinals' ace in 1964 as St. Louis captured its first pennant in 18 years. Gibson was about to get his first taste of the Fall Classic and would be matched against the Yankees' Mel Stottlemyre for games two, five, and seven. You know, at that time, I, I despised Bob Gibson. You know, I mean, he, he was so strong, so tough. Gibson and Stottlemyre split their first two starts, and with the series tied and each pitching staff depleted, both received the ball again to start game seven. So I was called upon to pitch the seventh game, and uh, Bob Gibson also pitched the seventh game. And I got to admit, he was definitely by far the strongest uh, of, of the two of us. Pitching on two days rest, Gibson struck out nine while throwing his second complete game of the series. His Herculean effort of 27 innings pitched with 31 strikeouts earned him World Series MVP honors. And the Cardinals their first World Series title in nearly two decades. After consecutive All-Star seasons in 1965 and 66, Gibson was sidelined midway through the 1967 campaign after a Roberto Clemente line drive fractured his left leg. Gibson would rebound quickly, however, and after missing just under eight weeks, returned to pitch the Cardinals to three World Series victories over the Red Sox, including another virtuoso performance in a Game 7 when Sox manager Dick Williams added fuel to a fire where none was needed. He said, who's your starting pitcher? He said, it's Longberg and then Champagne. When we saw that, there was no way in heck that we were going to let Longberg beat us. We were up for that game. Everybody was up for that game. They just weren't going to beat me that day. That's all it's to it. The Cardinals win. They're the new world champions. And Bob Gibson, with his third victory, has brought them through in the decisive seventh game. Congratulations and welcome back to St. Louis. Thank you. It's good to be back. There's no greater feeling than uh, the feeling that I had today. 
The following year was 1968, and in a so-called year of the pitcher, no pitcher was better than Bob Gibson. This is one of the toughest, most formidable, most intimidating uh, pitchers ever to take the mound, and never more so than in 1968. That's number 10 for Gibson. I really was in a zone. I, I felt when I went out on the mound that I could throw the ball anywhere that I wanted to, and I did pretty much the whole season. Gibson went 22-9 with a 1.12 ERA and 13 shutouts, earning Cy Young and MVP honors in what is still regarded as one of the most brilliant pitching seasons of all time. Got it. And in Gibson's greatest season, he saved his paramount performance for Game 1 of the 1968 Fall Classic. He strikes out 17 Tigers in one of the most intimidating performances you'll ever see. In Game 4, he notched his record 7th consecutive World Series victory. And though Gibson and the Cardinals would fall to the Tigers in 7 games, his fall classic records of 17 strikeouts in a game and 7 consecutive wins remain etched in baseball immortality. In 1974, Gibson became just the second pitcher ever to notch 3,000 strikeouts. In 1981, he was elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year on the ballot. And in 1999, he was selected for the All-Century team. He exemplified competitiveness and consistency and won seven straight World Series games for the St. Louis Cardinals. Bob Gibson. If I had one game to win, I'd take Gibson. Bob Gibson was the toughest athlete I have ever seen. One writer asked me, what did I want to be remembered as? And I thought about it, and I said that I want to be remembered as a person, a competitor, that gave 100% every time I went out on the field. Sometimes I wasn't too good, but nobody could accuse me of cheating them out of what they paid to see. I did not know that about uh, Robert. I did not know that about our friend Dick Williams, that he uh, kicked the bear in the face before the game. How to, way to go, Dick. Jeez. Oh, man. Oh, no wonder we didn't win that game. I'm telling you. That's a, that's a terrible lot of Bob Gibson stuff that you had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it did, but we'll we run through it because it's here. He was 84 years old. He died of pancreatic cancer, played for the Cardinals from 59 through 75. He was the uh, he was a nine-time All-Star. And there's different things that they didn't mention. Now, a lot of times, these are on a video, so there may have been uh, graphics shown yeah. there that say a lot of this. Nine-time All-Star, World Series uh, MVP, and uh, won the World Series in 64 and 67. 
67, as you know, MVP in uh, of the of the National League in 68, won the Cy Young Award in the National League in 68 and 70, World Series MVP in 64 and 67, as you can imagine with those six victories, uh, a nine-time Gold Glove winner. He uh, he won he led the NL in wins in 70, Major League ERA leader in 68, and the NL uh, strikeout leader in 68. He had a, had a no-hitter on uh, October, August 14th of 71. He uh, is number 45, is retired by the St. Louis Cardinals, and, and he's in the St. Louis Hall of Fame, Cardinals Hall of Fame, and the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, in 81, which was his first year of eligibility. His record was 251 and 174, 2.91 ERA, 3,117 strikeouts, uh, 20 win seasons or more in five seasons, uh, a best ERA ever, 1.12 in 68. They forgot to mention in there that they lowered the mound because of him. And most, uh, there were a lot of pitchers that didn't even claim 130 games that year, but they yeah. lowered the mound a little bit because they felt they it went, it went from 15 inches down to 10. Right, because they thought the pitchers had a, uh, you know, still at that level. Uh, he struck out the 17 guys against the Tigers in the in the first game of that World Series and uh, two, 255 complete games, 56 shutouts, six saves. Why not? Uh, he hit 206, but he hit uh, in 274 hits, but 24 of them were home runs. So if he hit it, he he hit it. That was it. Stayed hit. So there you go. So that's the uh, the Bob Gibson stuff. That was outstanding stuff, Bill. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was. There's a lot good. of familiar voices: Kurt Gowdy, Harry Carey, Mike Shannon, uh, uh, Jack Fox. Yeah, uh, Kevin uh, Costner was in there. Uh, so, Joe Garagiola, yeah. you know, so yeah. a lot of a lot of folks you got to hear, and that uh, was great. Okay, we have uh, somebody who uh, was well traveled, uh, Jay Johnstone, seventy four years old. He started with the Angels in sixty six through seventy, then the White Sox seventy one through seventy two, Oakland seventy three. So he was part of that Oakland team, but I don't think he got a ring. I guess he was no, he, he was year. not. He was not on the postseason roster. He didn't play in enough games, and he was not on the postseason. They had to make roster. sure. Mike Andrews was because he yeah, made all those errors. Yeah, Charlie Finley. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Philadelphia Phillies, 74 through 78. Went to the Yankees in 78, 78 through 79. San Diego in 79. The Dodgers again from 80 through 82. The Cubs, 82 through 84. The Dodgers again in 85. And, and he won two World Series, the 78 for the Yankees and 81 for the Dodgers. Uh, and he was not, as we mentioned, on the postseason roster in 73 for the A's. And then his, his, uh, his batting average was 267, 1,254 hit, 102 home runs, 53 RBIs. And uh, in 14 playoff games, he hit uh, 476. Why didn't you put him on the postseason roster? I don't know. One home run, five RBIs. Actually, he probably hadn't been in the postseason yet. That was the first postseason. Yeah, that uh, was Dick Williams and Charlie Finley there. Uh, um, okay. Chris. On July uh, 3rd of 70, he uh, made a great catch uh, off of Reggie Jackson to preserve a no-hitter for Clyde Wright uh, on the uh, Angel. Uh, I guess that's where we were at that yep. point. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then... Uh, Let's see. He was a color man with the Yankees in 1989 and 90 with John Sterling. So when John Sterling came to the Yankees, he was his first partner before Joe Angel and then Michael Kay. So and uh, he did a pretty good job. He was in the Phillies broadcast crew in 92 and 93. And there are so many people in the Phillies broadcast crew back then. I don't remember, but that's okay. Yep. He was a big. He was a big practical joker. And uh, let's see. 
he was a he had died of dementia and the virus and uh he never did any play-by-play with i don't know if he did in philadelphia but he never did any with uh john sterling no so uh, most uh you know see like susan waldman but i think he did a pretty good job there but i guess probably they just wanted to bring in another announcer at the time and that was it okay we have bobby miller 64 years old uh played in 74 through 85 he in and uh in uh, the NHL. He started out with the University of New Hampshire. Then he was on the national team off and on from 75 through 85. He was in the 76 Olympics in um, Innsbruck. He, uh, let's see, he was, uh, he played for the Bruins. He played for Colorado, played for the LA Kings. He had, uh, he Back then it would have been the Colorado Rockies, not the baseball That's right. team, but That's the right. hockey yeah. team. True. Uh, okay. 404 games. And uh, 75 go- uh, goals and 119 assists for 194 points. 36 playoff games, four goals and seven assists. So that was it for Bobby Miller. And we have a couple more to do here. Um, we just did Bob Gibson. And then we moved down to Lou Johnson. Sweet Lou, 86 years old. He uh, Another L.A. Dodger. Uh, he started with the Cubs in 60. Then he went to the Angels for one game in 61. That was their first year. Milwaukee Braves in 62. And then the Dodgers from 65 through 67. Chicago Cubs in 68. Cleveland Indians in 68. California Angels 69. And in the world, he won the World Series in 65. And he had the winning RBI in the fourth inning off Jim Cott uh, that put the um, Dodgers ahead. And that was the game that uh, Koufax won two to nothing against the Twins in Metropolitan Stadium. And uh, let's see, uh, that was Koufax's victory, of course. Uh, 678 games played, a 258 average, 529 hits, 48 homers, 200. 32 RBI, uh, RBIs, and let's see, he was the uh, Dodgers communication, uh, community relations, and minor for the and minor league, and worked in the minor leagues from '81 on, and uh, and he died one day after turning 86 years old. So that was Lou Johnson, and everybody said he was a really great guy, and uh, you know one of the faces of the Dodgers uh, later on. Didn't have a long Dodger career, but they appreciated his personality, and he was sweet Lou. That's what they called him. And then uh, the last one we have here is Ron Paranowski, another former Dodger, 84 years old. Uh, Had a good a week long... for the Dodgers. No, no, it wasn't. no. Three, three Dodgers in one week. That's yep. not good. Uh, so after a long illness, played for the Dodgers from 61 through 67, Minnesota 68 through 71, Detroit 71 and 72 uh, for – uh, let's see. In uh, then he went. Uh, let's see. Nine. Uh, what? What? Oh, then he went to the Angels for eight games, and then in '73, and uh, he was in four World Series. Sixty. Uh, won two World Series in. Uh, actually, I think he was in three World Series, but he won in '63 and '65. Uh, oh, and then it, that was as a player. That's right. And then in '81 and '88, he was in the Dodger uh, organization as a pitching coach and so forth. And uh, they won it in '88. And 81 when he was there. Uh, so he was a pitching coach in the minor leagues uh, for the for the uh, in, and minor league pitching coordinator for the Dodgers. And then uh, 73 through 80. And then he came to the Dodgers major league to pitch uh, to be the pitching coach from 81 through 94. And he uh, helped uh, Fernando and Oral Hershiser get them their act together. In uh, 95, he went to San Francisco and as a minor league coordinator. And 97, the bench coach. And then the pitching coach with the Giants from 98 and 99, and then a special assistant to San Francisco starting in 2000. And uh, I think he was still doing that when he re- when he uh, retired or when he died, I should say. Yes. So that was uh, 
And that was it, basically, I think, for, oh, uh, yeah, the, hang on, we got anybody else? No, that's it. No. And, that's all it. right, so there we go all for right. our death. So, are we going to discuss our poll question? Yeah, uh, Right first. Get our answers out there. Okay, my game, I talked about this when the anniversary of it came up on our phone system, July 2nd, 1958. Now, I've, of course, been lucky. I live in, a, I'm in, right in greater Boston, so I can go see pro games. I have, haven't done it for a while, but I can. You know, I've seen the Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, but my first game was the Red Sox, July 2nd, 1958, against the Washington Senators. They lost the game 5-3. to three. I also had my uh, picture taken with Jackie Jensen and Dick Gurnett and was in the Quincy Patriot Ledger uh, with an article about that. And um, there was a, my father set it up with a, a sports writer that he knew, Lynn Raymond, for the Ledger. And that was a real fun day. And uh, and I got a little radio, sat there in the ballpark, hadn't really had a little radio like that. And then uh, my father and mother got me one later in that month because they saw maybe I'd actually go out and get some fresh air instead of hanging around listening to music and sports and stuff inside. But uh, anyway, it was fun. And uh, it was really great to, to be there and hear the crowd like through the radio but through your ears it's a, just a, a different experience so i love going to live events haven't done it in a long time but that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> go ahead sorry no, very very good Perry. okay my i did a lot of you and i football and basketball games northern iowa and uh, growing up in the waterloo area but probably my first biggest one was in 88 we went to the uh metrodome it was the twins of the tigers and of course the twins of the tigers are both really good back in those days lots of names you know that's when the twins had the kirby pockets the ken herbecks uh doyle alexander was pitching with the tigers and all those guys and it was it was a fun experience i didn't know kind of what it would be like you know not having ever been to a place like that before but we we went to the metrodome we were up on a track meet and uh, we went there, and it was fun. I I have not been to many pro games. I've been to a lot of Iowa Cubs baseball games in the past, but that was the first Major League Baseball game. It was the Twins and the Tigers. Boy, was it was fun because, like I say, there were lots of names in that game. Mm-hmm. Robert? Well, um, I uh, back in the seventies and eighties, I went to both lots of uh, to lots of Giants and A's games. Both, uh, like uh, my my dad was uh, before the A's came along. He was a big Dodger fan, so whenever the Giants played the Dodgers, we always had to go see the Giants and Dodgers. Um, you know, um, because you know he he uh, loved Vin Scully. So whenever the Dodgers were in San Francisco, we went to Cold Candlestick Park. So, and uh, then uh, when the A's got to be good, we, we we made several trips to the Coliseum. And what did he uh, do when the Dodgers and A's played in '74 in the World Series? Um, he uh, he 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 rooted for both teams uh, because he he loved Vin Scully. He he, he was torn between because uh, he liked both teams and he liked Vin Scully. And uh, so, but he he was happy that. Uh, the A's won, and of course, uh, had he been alive, he would have been thrilled with the '88 result because he, he would have he would have told me he said, "Well, the Dodgers got their payback from '74." You know, that's yeah. the way that's yeah. the way and, he would have looked at it. And by the way, Chris, like you, I did have my radio with me when I went to the dome, and I listened to oh, yeah. Herb, Herb Carneal and John Gordon. Sean oh yeah, when, whenever I went to whenever I went to any kind of game, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, I always had a radio. Oh so, yes, oh yes. Bill, mine was. Probably, I'm trying to remember the year. 
maybe it was between 63 and 65. The Indianapolis, well, Victory Field in Indianapolis here, back of the old one, the White Sox and Reds came to play an exhibition. And I, I was a big Reds fan, of course, back then. And I got to meet Tony Perez and uh, John Saturas, who wow. pitched for the Reds, and Gary Peters, who pitched for the White Sox. But the thing I remember most about the game, after them signing my program, what did Tommy McCraw do? But hit a home run and broke our windshield in the parking lot. The only- <laughs> <laughs> I remember Tommy McCraw for the White Sox. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's mine. Hey, John. All right, mine. Well, of course, I'm going to, this on certain things, of course, my dad was a high school football and basketball coach, so I was at a lot of his games, so I'm not going to count those. I, of course, went to several Spurs games every year after we moved here to Texas, and of course, <laughs> when, the Card- when the Cardinals would play in the Astrodome, I would go to a lot of their, we would go to at least one game a year, my dad and I would, you know, for several years. When For a long time, I had never been to an outdoor pro, uh, Major League Baseball game. I'd only mm-hmm. been to games in the Dome, but, you know, and never been to an NFL game. That's the one I've I never been nor to. Have, nor have but I. But my first, the very first game that I ever went to, 1978 at the Hearns Center, the Hearns Arena in Columbia, Missouri, University of Missouri, and the University of Illinois with Larry Drew playing for Missouri and voice, longtime TV voice of the Bulls, former voice of the Longhorns, Tom Dore was the center. And I remember Missouri beating Illinois, and I was a six-year-old kid. Norm Stewart was a coach of Missouri. I was all about Missouri Tiger basketball. I was, you know, five, six-year-old kid. I was already, you know, I was going to go to University of Missouri because that's where we lived back then. I was. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now, but now then what did you do, Sean, when the Tigers ended up playing the Longhorns? Well, I I kind of backed off that after I left Missouri. I wasn't as big a Missouri fan, but I was because we lived we lived in Columbia, Missouri. So it was all right. about University of Missouri. And then uh, after my, we left Missouri, and I was nine, I followed them a little bit, but I really started getting into the Texas teams and the Southwest Conference more here. So I don't have that alliance, that allegiance to the University of Missouri like I did up until I was about twelve. I mean, even at twelve years old, I was still going to go back to. I was going to go back and go to college at the University of Missouri, but by then I was like, I don't want to live in Missouri. I want to stay here. I want to, you know, I'd become well, so. But yeah, that was mine. So, do we have anybody? We have else? two of them. Let's go. Let's, uh, Jerry. If you want to unmute, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, I don't remember this too good, but I guess my dad. I didn't have a radio then, but he took me to a Phillies Brooklyn Dodgers game when I was like five, and I don't remember that. My first memorable game was there was a. I went to public school for a while, uh, T. M. Pierce School in Philadelphia, and um, the school got tickets to the Penn Cornell game at Franklin Field, and uh, that was where the University of Pennsylvania played. And I got to go to that uh, game, and I took the radio with me. I can't remember what the final score was. I think it was like the Saturday after Thanksgiving in 1960 or something like that. And okay. Bill Campbell was doing the broadcasting. Uh-huh. All right. There you uh, go. All right. Well, let's go to uh, Pierre to wrap it up. Go ahead, Pierre. We're trying to get you have, to, you have to unmute yourself, okay, though, Pierre. Yeah. yeah, I got it unmuted. Okay. Uh, well, I've got two. When I was about six years old, I was told I was going to see an LSU game. Well, it was about uh, uh, 20 degrees that night. And when we got to the uh, uh, 
Tiger Stadium, uh, the uh, my uncle was uh, selling Seven Up, and instead of actually seeing the game, they placed me in the uh, middle of this vat of ice, and I had to dig out the Seven Up. <laughs> <laughs> I had to dig out the seven ups and hand it to him. I like to froze to death. I almost caught pneumonia the next day. I don't but know. My first, but uh, but we did get to walk out in the stadium for about five minutes to watch a little of the game. But my actual first sporting event was the first year that the Saints was in, in, in existence. My, uh, my, like I said, my uncle worked for Seven Up. They gave free tickets. Well, you know, blind. I thought, man, you, you know, I, I could see fairly well. Then I said, uh, I said, you know, I'll get to see this game. We get to the stadium with the last row of seats on top of Tulane Stadium. <laughs> I mean, and uh, but they were playing the Bears and uh, Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers were playing. Oh my! Playing that oh game. my! That's right. Wow. That's right. Sixty-seven. Right. I've got one and more story because okay. they weren't very okay. good. Hold on. Go ahead, Bill. I've got one more last quick story about a radio and sports. Very early back in my, I got to go to a Colts game at the Hoosier Dome, and I had just gotten this brand new radio, AM, FM, shortwave. It was real expensive and whatever, and I took it with me at the game, and I don't know, we were drinking a few beers, and then we had to go to the restroom, so I took the radio with me because I didn't want to leave it on the seat. Well, I set it down next to my feet or close to me. Uh Uh-oh. You know, yeah. Somebody <laughs> just did, had did, to, did you short it out, Bill? It shorted out too. It did. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. you, you know, though. You know, though. When I went to the <laughs> the U and I games back home, me and a friend, we would talk to the radio announcer at the time, and we eventually we would sit behind the radio guys up there when we would go to the games. They would let us sit behind them. And that way, then we could hear what they were saying about the game. So we really didn't even have to take a radio because we were sitting so close to them. We could and hear. Could them. you hear their comments off the air too? We could, yeah, because they would talk to us in the breaks. Great. Oh, that'd be fun. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I can. I've got an announcer story like that when, uh, for one year in school, uh, when I was like in middle school, uh, we we all had various projects to do, and uh, because back then, you know, we all used to tape one another, uh, you know, through tapes and stuff. Well, I uh, taped a letter to the Warriors, and you know, because that was they wanted me to to do it with one of the sports teams, so I did it with the Warriors because I figured, well, that would be the best way to get to get a hold of Bill King. Well, I got a tape and stuff back from the Warriors, and uh, uh, he uh, he not only answered all my questions, but he took the uh, he, he took the uh, tape recorder into the locker room, and, and uh, I got a message from all the players. This was during the championship year of '75. Wow, that's so, great. Wow. Yeah. That's All great. right. Well, well, that thanks. clock that you heard indicates that we've had our longest show yeah. because we've yes, been gone does. two hours so before. I think but. it's for. I think it's time for Sean to say good night. Yeah. 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 I think so. And if you want to download the podcast, remember you can go to legendoldies.com or uh, type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher, or tell your smart device to play the Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts. Or go to seven seven three five thousand or five seven two 
option number nine. And like I said, if you like these poll questions, if you have ideas, let us know and all the other stuff. Yeah, we'll take a poll on the poll questions. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, next, hopefully we'll have times where we won't have all, we won't have 20 minutes of coronavirus stuff to talk about. So anyway, but we're going to see you next week. Yep, and who the heck knows what will have happened by then. Yeah, have a good one, everybody.